You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 179. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, an educator, and a wealth advisor. It is great to be with you today, and today's episode is the role of your home in retirement. But Before we get to the topic of the day, you know, I did an episode earlier in the year focusing on my dad. My dad was a home builder. He retired a while ago, but he built houses, the structure of homes, and he also built his home or our home in 1969, a couple of years before yours truly was born, and they still live in that house today. And my dad built that house, but you know, my mom, she turned it into a home. You know, she's the chief decorator and she's the organizer. In fact, we have a Christmas party every single year at my parents' house that lasts three days. We don't have it on Christmas Day. It's usually a couple of days after or the week after when everyone can get together. Me, my three brothers that are scattered around the U.S., and all of their kids. So we pack the house for our Christmas party every single year. My mom makes that house into a home. Now, listen, my dad, he just turned 79 a couple of days ago, so I know they are not going to last in that house forever. But wow, what a great run it's been, and what a great example of the home, because my wife and I just love what they do around Christmas. So, We built our house four years ago with the intention of making it big enough so that we can fit all of our kids and if we're blessed, their kids someday so we can have a three-day Christmas party and carry on the tradition for years and years to come. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, the role of your home in retirement. Homeowners, which are a little different than renters, or should I say homeowners, are just like renters because the home or the apartment provides shelter. I mean, that's the chief reason why we have a home or an apartment. But homeowners are different from renters because homeowners, their houses, 
can be like investments, just like their stocks and bonds, and they can serve as savings piggy banks like IRAs and 401ks. And unlike living in an apartment, you can pass or bequeath your home to your children or others after you pass away. Houses are different than apartments. But houses, just like any product or service that you buy, provide three kinds of benefits. Utilitarian benefits, expressive benefits, and emotional benefits. We're going to unpack these benefits and then see how they fit into your home as a source or a consideration of retirement. You see, utilitarian benefits answer the question, what does something do for me and my finances? So all houses provide the same utilitarian benefits as shelters, like apartments, but homeowners derive additional utilitarian benefits from their houses as investments. If their home value goes up, or if the utilitarian costs go up, or your home values can go down. That's utilitarian benefits. Shelter plus what can it do for me as part of my investments. Now, expressive benefits convey our values, our tastes, our social status. They answer the question, what does something say about me to others and myself? It could be high status or even the means to buy a house in the first place, having the money to put down a down payment. And the other part of expressive benefits is that as a homeowner, you can modify your house to express your tastes. Unlike apartments, I mean, some apartments, you know, your landlord allows you to paint some of the rooms a different color. But when it comes to your home, oh, you can really express your taste in many different ways. And then lastly, there's emotional benefits. And emotional benefits answer the question, how does something make me feel? You see, as a homeowner, you enjoy emotional benefits of the pride of ownership and peace of mind knowing that no landlord can evict you. This is your home. So for me, as a financial advisor, my job is to help clients understand these three types of benefits from an investment standpoint. Because typically my clients ask me questions about their homes, or even if they haven't bought a home yet, questions like, should I buy or rent a home? Should I pay off my mortgage or should I keep my mortgage? Should I sell my house and buy a smaller one or should I get a reverse mortgage. So much to unpack here because the role your home plays in retirement depends. And even before retirement, should I pay off my mortgage or keep it? That's the million dollar question for a lot of folks that are years away from retirement. And me coming from the Dave Ramsey mindset and also coming from the mindset of pride of ownership and looking at emotional benefits and expressive benefits leads me to coach my clients into paying off their house if they can or in a certain amount of time because sometimes it's not a good idea to pay it off all at once, especially 
if you're already retired and you have a big 401k. We always have to consider taxes. But I love the emotional benefits. I love the expressive benefits. But at the same time, my head tells me another story, doesn't it? I mean, when you're looking at interest rates right now and you see 2 and 3%, and then I look at a well-diversified portfolio, even one that might have a lot of bonds in it too, I see that over almost any period of time that's five years or more, holding that money and investing it rather than paying off your mortgage that is at 2 or 3% anyway, with my head it feels right, but it doesn't with my emotions. But I'll tell you this much, should I pay off my mortgage or not? A lot of my clients need to get that mortgage paid off so they lower their monthly expense so that there's less stress in retirement. And furthermore, having a house completely paid off adds a whole lot of stability to your life when you're watching your stocks go up and down on a daily basis. So all financial advisors can enhance the well-being of their clients by considering all the benefits and all the costs and guiding clients to do the same. I mean, there might be some folks out there that are unlike me. They have zero emotional ties to their house. They could care less about a big Christmas party. So maybe, just maybe, holding a mortgage is not a big deal because they're thinking more with their head than with their heart when it comes to the home. Others are completely flipped. And as Dave would say, Dave Ramsey would say, they want to get in their backyard, take their shoes off, put their feet in the grass and say, oh, this is mine. No one can take it away from me. Because there's a lot of advisors out there that just think about the money aspect and not the emotional benefits, not the expressive benefits. And I would argue to say all three are important. Some advisors simply run the numbers. And the numbers will always tell you, strictly looking from statistics, that you're probably better off keeping a mortgage. But that is completely setting aside emotional, expressive benefits. And those are just as important. And what about a reverse mortgage? We'll get into that in just a second. So those are the things that you should think about even before you're retired on should you pay off your mortgage or not. Think about the three, the utilitarian, the expressive, and the emotional benefits. Because weighing all three of them will lead you to either wanting to pay off that house or holding a mortgage. And don't start thinking about your neighbor who's telling you that they have paid off their house and you should too. Or that they have kept a mortgage because interest rates are low and you should too. You are different and everyone's different and everybody's financial plan is different as well. Because houses have a special place in our portfolios and in our life cycles of saving and spending. You see, standard life cycle theory says that our sole reason for saving during our working years is spending during our retirement years. I save up a bunch of money during my working years so I can spend it in retirement. But behavioral life cycle theory says our reasons for saving and spending during our working and retirement years consists of the full range of utilitarian benefits, expressive benefits, 
and emotional benefits. So we need to consider all of them. Now, I want to look at two different pyramids so we can kind of bring this together because behavioral life cycle theory includes spending source and spending use pyramids. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about spending source pyramids first. Three layers. Bottom layer is your consistent income. Might include a part-time job during retirement. Might include social security benefits. Might include monthly payments from a pension or from an annuity. That's your bottom layer. Your second layer is your IRA, your 401k, all of your retirement accounts that are going up and down during your retirement. And you're accessing that source either on a monthly basis so that you can bridge the gap between all of your expenses in that first layer or throughout the year for large item purchases. That's your second layer. That's the middle layer. The top layer consists of the things that you're probably going to give away someday to your kids or your charity. And at the top of that layer is your home. Your house is something that we don't think about dipping into in retirement, like that middle layer, like our 401k, like our IRA, the house we don't think about, but that is the top layer. And it certainly can be a strategy for retirement income. So think about the spending source layers as we start thinking of the spending use pyramid. The spending use pyramid has three layers too. The bottom layer are the must-haves, such as food, shelter, support for your minor children if you have them in retirement or before retirement. That's the bottom layer. The middle layer is what we like to have, like vacations, new cars, those kinds of things. And then that top layer consists of the things in which we will pass on to future generations. Again, mostly our house. So when we look at both the spending source pyramid and the spending use pyramid, guess what? The house floats to the top in both of them. And because they're both at the top, behavioral life cycle theory predicts that investors, me and you, are reluctant to dip into things at the top layer, especially our houses. Our home equity, for a lot of people, makes up a very large portion of wealth, for older Americans especially. Yet on average, most people don't sell their houses to support their non-housing consumption. You can look at the statistics right now. Because only 2% of Americans who are eligible homeowners choose to do a reverse mortgage. A reverse mortgage on a paid off house can add income to retirees for many, many years to feed into both that first layer and second layer of spending use. Yet we don't do it. Why? Maybe because we're so emotionally attached to our home. Maybe because we feel like it's a ripoff, and a lot of reverse mortgages are. I don't sell reverse mortgages, but I know that they've come a long, long way, yet not a lot of people use them. I also know that when I run retirement plans for a lot of different clients and prospective clients, people that want to retire right away, I look at it. 
Their house is paid off. They have social security looming, maybe in a few years because they want to retire early. And their 401ks, although look good, might not be all that they need. If you look at a couple episodes ago, we talked about what a million dollars used to be. And that was the magic number inside of your 401k. Now, for a lot of people, we might need closer to two. But if we combine both the 401k with the potential of a reverse mortgage or a downsize later in life, now I can look these prospective clients in the eyes, these clients in the eyes and say, yes, you're ready to retire early. If and only if you're willing, if it comes to it, to do a reverse mortgage or downsize someday. And when I think about my own life, downsizing means, oh man, that means I'm not going to have that large Christmas party someday. And for a lot of us, it's not that big of a deal because we feel like once we're 80, 85, if we're lucky enough to live that long, healthy, that maybe we're going to move on to some sort of assisted living. And that can easily be true. So if you have a financial advisor right now, make sure, and the next time you're with them in a meeting, that they're looking at all three of the aspects in your life. Looking at all of your utilitarian benefits, looking at all of your emotional benefits and all of your expressive benefits when they're making recommendations on what you should do with your home. Advisors that strictly look at utilitarian benefits are completely missing out on what might be the most important things for their clients like expressive and emotional benefits because you can't put a price on emotional benefits. You can't put a price on stress-free living. When it comes to you and your retirement, you have four different major ways to use your home for retirement from a utilitarian standpoint. You can downsize your home and invest the remaining funds. You have a home that's worth 750000 It's a five-bedroom, two-story house. All the kids are out of the house. You don't have a three-day Christmas party. And here you are, empty nesters. You may sell that $750,000 house to buy a $400,000 condo and have that $350,000 to go towards your retirement, either your monthly living expenses or maybe some other large goals that you have for retirement, like maybe a big RV or a cottage up north or a condo in Arizona. Number two, you can sell your home and move to a cheaper location, a different place or a different city, either in the US or abroad. You might be living in a city right now with a large cost of living. You may or may not have had kids, and those kids, if you had them, may be living in different cities, and you don't have any ties to the city that you're living in now. Well, you could sell that $500,000 house, go buy one in a cheaper location, the exact same type of house, same square footage, and probably get it for less. And then your monthly expenses are lower, double the benefit. You may have money that you can spend to fund your retirement and your monthly living expenses aren't as much. Number three, you could take out a reverse mortgage. 
Again, this seems like a dirty word to a lot of people, but reverse mortgages have come a long, long way. A lot of times I talk to clients about using a reverse mortgage as a stopgap. We run retirement plans. We see our probability of success is really good. But who knows what happens in the future? Inflation might run high for the next 10 years. Investment returns might run really low for a long time. We don't know. But if we have that in place inside of our plan, things will look better even in the darkest times. And finally, we can take out a home equity line of credit and use that money for your retirement. Those are the four big utilitarian ways to use your home equity for retirement. However, I would think long and hard before using any of these utilitarian ways to fund your retirement with your home equity. Don't let anybody talk you into downsizing your house and investing the remaining funds. Don't let anybody talk you into selling your place and moving to a cheaper location. Don't let anybody talk you into a reverse mortgage. And finally, don't let anybody talk you into taking out a home equity line of credit before you work through all of the emotional and expressive benefits of these big decisions that you're making. There is a reason why Dave Ramsey is so gung-ho about you paying off your house because the emotional benefits are priceless. They are completely priceless. And anybody that comes to me that wants to pay off their home or they have paid off their home and I hear them in their own words, oh man, I have a paid off house. I feel wonderful about it. You can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on, oh, but you could do a reverse mortgage or take out a home equity line of credit and have more money for your retirement. That's bull. That's bull because the moment you do that, your emotional benefits are gone. And when your emotional benefits are gone, your stress level goes up. And when your stress level goes up, your health deteriorates. And if your health deteriorates, who cares about your retirement? Because your wealth doesn't matter. The only thing that matters at that point is your health. And you'll be using that home equity line of credit to pay your hospital bills because you were talked into doing something before working through all of your emotional and expressive benefits. Oh, I sure hope I was helpful for you today. I hope that you think through everything in your retirement and I will see you very soon. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.